Hello, hello. Welcome once again to Matt and Brett Love Comics, the show where we take comics and talk comics with comics. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Matt. And this is your other host, Brett. How you feeling? You're going a little gingerly on the it's throat. It's fine, guys. Yeah, uh, been... I think I gave Brett what I had. Portland gave it to me, is what Portland. I'm Yeah, we'll, we'll blame it on Portland. I like unless, that better. Unless you transferred it to me during the DC Pearson episode, which was the only time I had contact with anyone who wasn't from Portland. That's true. Between coming home and getting sick. Well, I kind of 12 monkeys do, too. Like, I put on a wig, and I had a vial full of viruses, and I got on the back of the plane and just wafted them around. And then I and then I Iron Man 3'd you where I jumped out the back of the plane. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then it so, crashed. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I, it like, crashed. Fell in the water. Yeah, but you song. lost in it. Yeah. Because you survived. She's also spoilers for Iron Man three. <laughs> yeah. And that was in the trailer. That was, so. That was in the trailer. I was worried that like when he drops them in the water, like one of them like. Had you swim. I probably wouldn't have been able to swim. Like yeah. statistically speaking, not everyone can swim, and you'd think in there are like twelve people. <laughs> yeah, they're all giving them applause. Yeah, yeah. They not only could they all swim, but they could also tread water and clap at the same yeah, time. Like, yeah, let's do this. Uh, <laughs> with us today, hanging out uh, to very funny writers and comedians. Uh, returning to the show, <laughs> yeah, we have uh, I don't know you. You you have a history as such. Yeah. Or did sure. you? Sure. Okay. Uh, you know what? I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take there you it. go. There you go. Accept <laughs> gifts. Uh, accepting a gift just right now uh, is Rebecca Eisenberg. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi. That was Hi. yeah. How are you? Previously on the uh, Creepy Sandman episode oh, yeah. from yeah, yeah. Uh, a year was, ago, Serial Killer Convention. Yeah. That yeah. haunted me for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. You did not. Uh, you did not speak to anybody for weeks afterwards. No. They yeah. all could have been serial killers. That's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, and also joining us uh, for the first time, uh, comedian and writer uh, Megan O'Keefe. Hi. Hello, hello. <laughs> hello. I'm into repeating hello. What is wrong? I don't know. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're different and that's weird. I don't like this. <laughs> uh, so you guys are uh, far more active uh, and successfully active on the internet than Brett or I. Okay. Uh, well, at least me. Uh, yeah, Matt is me. the worst. I'm the worst uh, in every aspect, nine. but right now we're just talking about the internet. <laughs> out, out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But before I leave, um, you guys, uh, you guys both have been um, part of some uh, very fun, sort of successful uh, um, fandom. Upstarts on the internet. Yes. Uh, wait, what was the? That was sort of like an e. It's just reaction. fun being on Tumblr. It's just <laughs> fun. <laughs> fun being on Tumblr. I have, Are you high right now? No, I'm not. It's talking no, about guys, the internet. Just, shh, we're just gonna talk about. Talking we're gonna about rap about Tumblr. Guys. Fun. Tumblr, man. Tumblr like, is a drug, man. Tumblr is a drug. It's a drug, man. Your face and that way you said it was so diplomatic. Like you're hiding something. No, <laughs> yeah. I have Did so Tumblr do something Tumblr. to you? Oh, oh, whoa! Tumblr, I have questions for you. Okay. What is going on? <laughs> I feel like Why did you get rid of Tumblr? <laughs> Tumblr is like I don't know. I feel like it's like a huge city, and we all have our neighborhood that I hang out with my friends yeah. in my neighborhood. But then sometimes. It's like um, track tags are like a subway that you fall asleep on and then wake up somewhere <laughs> far away. <It's> like <laughs> last year on this time, I would just go on the Avengers tag. It's like I want to see what people are saying about the Avengers, and I would just find a lot of interesting things about that about the Avengers. Like basically just gay porn, just people drawing science bros fucking. Or what? You, which I would love if you guys could shed light on this. 
the people that do the role-playing fanfic on Tumblr, where they, like, write things as characters, oh, yeah. tag them as a certain thing that is therefore part of this fanfic canon, and there'll be, like, these list posts. I feel like I found one that was a list post of them casting actors yeah, as people that. and then writing us what? Why? I, what? I wish I could explain that. <laughs> I've never done it, but I've done, like, similar things in yeah. real life. Yeah. I've written fanfiction... Um, I used to write a lot of Harry Potter fan fiction back in the day. Yeah. And I've also done, like, real-life RPGs where yeah. I do it with, uh, usually with comedians and writers who would L- be LARPing very, or... Not LARPing. Okay. I have worn a Poison Ivy costume in public and it's on the internet and now it makes me feel not ashamed but maybe, like, misguided that I was so proud of myself <laughs> when I wore the costume and just put it everywhere on the internet. Why? And now I can't take it down. Um, Why? Because the whole booth babe backlash. Oh. Yeah, but you're not one. So. Oh, but it, yeah, it, backlash no in which shame. sense? I, it looks like I'm doing it for like straight dudes, but literally I was at Boston Pride and like, oh. <laughs> and, like the Batman I'm strangling was like my, my gay friends, and yeah. so it's like there's nothing actually in my mind sexual yeah. about it, but it's just me being fun and like, you don't having want that, an awesome time. That image of yeah. you being reappropriated by people with nefarious purposes. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. now that it's out there, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a danger, that's sort of the danger inherent in the internet right now, right? Or at all, is that anytime you uh, push information out there, you're giving, you're not necessarily giving, but people are, will interpret it however they see fit to do so. Uh, yeah. And it's hard to control your own... PR mission. PR, yeah, There's your own no message. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's yeah. got to be their own PR person. I'm a feminist on the internet. I get yeah, men's she's... rights activists Oh god! But you eat at Hooters cool. every night in real life. <laughs> I recently went to Hooters with my boyfriend's entire family, including his like 84-year-old grandparents and 4-year-old cousins, and it was delightful. Love it. It was yeah. delightful. <laughs> Nothing fine. wrong with Hooters. <laughs> the wings are all right. But yeah, I get people all the time who are just like, why do you advocate the murder of children? Wait, and I'm why, like, why do, oh, abortion. abortion. Okay. I was like, like, well, I like, why do you advocate the <laughs> well, murder of children? that's their PR machine. My sister, she, um, my parents were liberal growing up, so uh-huh. I never thought this would happen, but my sisters at one point were all some kind of shade of Republican in the last, wow. like, 15 years. Sure. Um... <laughs> The oldest one had always been Republican, and I'd known her, but she was, like, the Alex B. Keaton, Keating, like, kind of libertarian Republican. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when Bush was in office, she and her husband, like, left. They were like, well, fuck this. This is not <laughs> what we signed up for. We don't hate other people. We don't. And, like, he yeah. was in the military and saw some of the shit behind the scenes, because he's intel. Oh, yeah. And that's what made him pissed off, because... Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but one of them, she um, has been emailing me, like, around the election, like, you have to vote for Romney because Michelle Obama scrambles babies' brains in their mother's uteruses. I'm like, what are you what talking about? She's not Lex Luthor. <laughs> She's not, like, and apparently there's some blog where some woman affiliated with her church had blogged about... Finding a letter from, like, the old Chicago days of the Obama, um, you know, political machine, where Michelle sent a letter out imploring people to help um, vote against this one bill that would, like, prevent um, abortions in cases where, like, they're post three, past three months, where if the mother's life is in danger and she wants to have an abortion, she should be able to have one. But the actual procedure is kind of gruesome, and they kind of just... 
focus in on like the gruesome part of saving a person's life. Yeah, but yeah. it's you know, but and not the fact that she was advocating choice in the matter. Yeah, but you don't of want those that. Fires, I get people yelling at me on the internet. You know what <laughs> angers me about heart surgeons is those people advocate cutting open humans. Right. And stopping their hearts and strapping them to machines. That is Ugh. just... It's yeah. just terrible. Vile. Um, but uh, fan fiction on the internet... <laughs> right. Going back to uh, what we were talking about. Uh-huh. You, 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 um, you said that before we started that you started the uh, Iron Man bunny. Spoiler, it's for Iron Man 3. Um, whatever. Yeah. Um, back Screw when, you if you haven't seen it yet. But, well, back <laughs> when the Iron Man 3 trailer It's hit, been like a week, assholes. Come on. Yeah. Sorry. It's fine. It's okay. Um, get lit out. Um, <laughs> I, I'd seen, like, a gift set on Tumblr of the trailer, and you see, like, um, in slow motion, Tony and Pepper flying through the air and explodes, and there's this massive bunny in the background. I never noticed Which we that. now know yeah. about. Oh, wow. And I was like, who is the bunny? Who is the bunny? What is the bunny? <laughs> and I decided, as a, as a joke, because I, I kind of hate people do this, but I was like, I'm going to do the Stark Bunny Twitter account, ha, 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 and be inside. Like, I wrote some joke tweets about how this poor bunny's alone watching the Avengers hang out, and Tony's sad. Like, yeah. Tony is, like, just watching. And the next tweet would always be one tweet about, like, Tony or Pepper or something happening, um, and it was kind of sad and a little bit, like, you know, um, nihilistic. And then the next tweet was like, would be like, and I watched silently. <laughs> <laughs> like, every guy, there'd be a tweet, and then followed by... I keep watching in silence. Like, yeah. Because <laughs> he's alone and can't speak. And then what happens, the moment I put it up, Ma- the Mary Sue had actually written an article about it. So someone thought oh, it was wow. because of that. And like, oh my God, it's already up. But I hit it up for like yeah. an hour. And I had been like authenticating all the passcodes. But then I kind of blew up like just for that week or so. I only did it for about a week or so. And... um People thought I could track it. Like, this is Matt Fraction, right? This is Matt Fraction or some other comic book writer, too. Like, they yeah. were convinced it was one of these two comic book writers who were both male. And they also wonder who's the dude doing this Twitter account? Like, who's the dude? Who's the <laughs> person with the penis who thought of this? Um, and it was just me. <laughs> the most shocking reveal the dude is a woman. But I've gotten it for, like, my mom watches Game of Thrones. I've gotten it for the Magneto Tumblr I had, which is like, I have this great Tumblr that I love called the autobiography of Magneto X. It's just magnetox.tumblr.com, where it's like his side of the story is like very like yeah. purple, pro- purple prose. Yeah, yeah. Some <laughs> girl in China translated it because she loved it so much because she wanted Chinese people to read it. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is like the sweetest thing ever. Uh-huh. But. There's always inevitably like one or two things from somebody who's like, I had no idea you were a woman. Oh, yeah. Or I, I've gotten like, you make me believe women can be funny. And, oh like, my gosh. So, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's nice to hear that someone's finally yeah. changed their mind, but like, also how really sad. Yeah. yeah. Good God. Yeah. I always get... Sorry, I got boobs. I, I guess my <laughs> my avatar looks... I guess I look really young, so I always get, Oh, I just realized you weren't 14 and really smart. And I'm like, <laughs> really smart's a compliment, but you mean for a 14-year-old. So oh, man. <laughs> take it back. No, that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could, you reverse, could you reverse this tweet, please? So, so you guys... Um, I mean, you like like we said, you guys are a lot more active on the internet and stuff like that. But you guys are, uh, you know, you guys are passionate about what you love too. Mm-hmm. How how has the internet helped that? And like, what does it open you up to in terms of like what you can do as a fan mm-hmm. and what your sort, how you can sort of 
interact or add to the experience of like the stuff you're fanatical about. Yeah, three point essay go. Uh, <laughs> no, <I'm just laughs> yeah, this is your this is your essay to get into uh, the Jean Grey school. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm a massive Jean Grey fan, so just hearing yeah. her name makes me happy inside. Yes! <laughs> and also all the million images I have of her in my living room. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, there it? was there was one week where I think Timmy Wood didn't know who Colossus was, and <gasps> I just spent the next like 30 seconds counting all the instances of Colossus just in my living room, which yep. I think is like five or six. Yeah. Anyway, back to Matt's question. Honestly, uh, for, like, the internet has this is so sad. The internet has been like my social life. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Why like, is that sad? Well, we it, so- it sounds sad. I think it twenty years ago, lied, like fifteen out, out loud, years ago, but... it definitely sounded sad. But I yeah. definitely think that like the paradigm is shifting where yeah. it's now like everyone. Is. That's how like yeah. Megan and I met through Tumblr. Yeah. Through like yeah. shared interests on Tumblr. That's how we met. Like that's how I met most of my friends in yeah. New York. Like I knew yeah. you, Matt, before. Yeah. But. Like, other than that, I moved to New York City and knew no one, and everyone I met, I met through Tumblr, through Twitter, through... Precisely. Yeah, starting your, conversations. I mean, I'm, I'm in college, I met all of my friends that I met in college, who all went to my college, but I met them because we were all on a message board for a band called The Features. <laughs> so we were all, like, on a message board, living in the same city, but we met each other on a message board, and then would meet each other in real life. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was ten years ago. Like, yeah. it's... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I started like I remember. Do you, you did you guys ever use Live Journal? Oh, yeah, no. I was, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Hard, I need to do Live Journal. I was like yeah. a huge. I was like the really into the Whose Line Is It Anyway fandom. Oh my like, gosh! Wait, UK or US? Both. I okay, mean, yeah. because I was on the Tony Slattery like message board <laughs> in like 2001, and there was like a chat room, and we were convinced it. that Tony Slattery was coming to the chat room. Uh, <laughs> it was me and a whole bunch of like 40 year old women. <laughs> Yeah, it was like a very like lady oriented <laughs> fandom. Yeah. It was weird. And then like that there was like that, there was Harry Potter, and then like in high school one of my friends was like, Hey, there's this thing called slash fanfiction. And <laughs> Deep <it>. breath. <gasps> Get it. Yeah. I mean now that, I'm more comfortable yeah. with it. Some, you know, but when I was just like wanting to read more like Harry Potter stories, I was just like shocked and bewildered by like the thing that was most bizarre to me was like Weasley Sest. Like yeah, when the Weasleys are fucking each other. What? Yeah. But also I would get mad slash only if it was like completely out of character because so much of it, like, <laughs> it wasn't even the sex or the like the gay sex or and the violence or the you know all the, the domination. Time, I it was slash like was a warning that the fic was violent, and so I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. read it on that basis. <laughs> I would start reading it, and I was like, Draco and Harry would never have this conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a, and, and I'm not gonna lie. Like when I've read, like it's like reading a character. If you read a character that you cared about in a book that has nothing to do with sex and they were written completely out of character, you'd be furious. Right. So <laughs> just because they're banging doesn't mean doesn't give them carte blanche yeah. to right. act like completely because different then, people. Yeah. Then basically you've written just a pornography and just attached to random yeah, right. well, that's, Yeah, yeah. That's what... Just um, do that. Great yeah. yeah. Well, oh, right. Um, that's exactly what like, so, Unless it's X-Men fan fiction, in which case sometimes the powers come into play. Like in the Wonder uh, Woman Cyclops, where I think Optic blasts you out of his dick at one point. See, no, that's so, not well. So therefore, like, it has to be Cyclops. Like, who else? Like, who else could it be? Maybe have it like, the same power. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that would wreak. That would cry havoc. Rings? That's what he would scream. <laughs> cry havoc! Oh <my> <laughs> uh, the 
Claire's just crying in a corner. I, Richter's, like, I create seismic erections with my... <laughs> guys. That's why I think I love the X-Men, though. I love, like, how it's, like, a soap opera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it's... I mean, I, I mean, I'm biased. I would say more so than any other uh, comic book section. I mean, like, I don't think the Avengers ever got as soapy. But see, like, I'll, with the Marvel universe, almost every other character has a whole ten year period mm-hmm. where they were all shitty. Yeah, oh, yeah. the nineties, except for the X Men, which were still considered pretty shitty, but they were still like really good shitty. Yeah. I still think they were great, but whatever. So like, uh, well, so so in terms of that though, too, with those with those different types of ways that you can interact with your own fandom on the internet like uh, how for good or ill has that uh, have have you found that my fandom or like wait do you mean like just in general because like, the only reason i say fandom is like you guys who, like are fans of me no no oh, no 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 no, no, no. Like, you're addressing no. all your fans right now i mean in terms of the no. stuff that you guys care oh, about and i'm them. not being specific because i know that you're both into a lot of uh, a lot of different really fun uh, geek centric stuff like, for example, you have your My Mom Watches Game of Thrones yeah. Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's that giggle It's just a great, it's a great idea. <laughs> um, I have to credit Jay Gung for helping me come up with that because yeah. I was I was trying to, like, get some kind of jokey Tumblr out there because I love, like, and I had one that was, like, called Ars Rodentia, which was, like, I found pictures of cute animals, like, in clothing, and then I created, like, some, like, saga where they were, like, doing, like, theater or they were artists mm-hmm. and there's a soap opera about them. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no one read it because <laughs> it was too much. Yeah. It's too real. <laughs> and then, um, but I remember, like, walking from a mic and telling Jake about how, um... Host of Nerd of Mouth. Yes, podcast. yes, I've been on that. Yeah, he's great. Um, one of, like, the best guys. Um, and he... I was telling him what my mom thought of the first episode of Game of Thrones. I had I had made her, I implored her to watch it because we were massive fans of Rome on HBO. And oh yeah, oh, so Rome I was, was great. like, you love. I, read, I had read all the books, so I knew it was coming. And I thought, my mom, winter down, yeah. winter is coming. Yeah, <laughs> um, as it's May, but because um, oh, it's coming. But she, her reaction was like so hilariously uncensored and like politically incorrect at some points, and just like blunt. <laughs> Like, like a mom. Love yeah. It. yeah, like a mom. Like, it started off with, like, who is that albino chick? That poor albino chick has to marry, like, this Klingon? Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 and then, like, she was talking about, like, what was the other thing that was just ridiculous? Like, everything. Like, basically, the, when she didn't know what was going on, it was even better because she had the names wrong. Yeah. And then we started doing it, and, like, immediately, like, within, like, an hour of posting it, it got, like, uh, 300 followers immediately. Wow. And then, like, overnight, it's 1,000. And so I was like, oh, my God. And so for two, the first two seasons, my mom and I would just have, like, this powwow twice a week. And I would, like, basically ask her about the, the episode, try to coax her for, like, funny things, and then transcribe it and then deal with it later on in the week and, like, cue everything up. Um, and that, by the end of, like, last season, she didn't want to do it anymore because it is exhausting. And <laughs> she also became a huge fan of the show. So she already knows the characters' names now down pat. Uh, she knows stuff. Mm-hmm. So the, the humor is gone. She even was like, Megan, we, we're jumping the shark. <laughs> we're jumping the shark. But I've been trying to coax her to do it more this season. And we've been kind of getting some posts up here and there. But we also had a family tragedy when, like, the, the show started. So we were, uh, like, uh, preoccupied with that. Yeah. So it was, like, oh, sure. And yeah. um, so I've been trying to, like, 
get some stuff out. She had some funny stuff about the Lord's Kiss scene this past week. Um, she's like, what did he do? What did he do? <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> like, at first I thought she was teasing. I'm like, wait, does she not know what he did? Yeah. Poor mom. <laughs> Well, how do you then? How do you find the sort of interactions then with other fans? They're very demanding. Like they're like, yeah. tell us what your mom thinks. Tell us now. And it's like, yeah. what does she think about this? And it can be a, a relationship that relationship that's been on the Tumblr if you just go back and find it. Um, but they're they're generally positive. There's one or two negative haters, and I decided to publish them because, like, I thought if you're gonna make some fun of someone's mom, <laughs> then you can be publicly shamed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And no one else has done it since then because it's literally like she's a mom and you know yeah. it's it, that's good. But um, yeah, it's interesting as a comedy writer, like uh, to not think about what I was writing, but try to punch up someone else. Like I did punch it up here and there, make yeah. it you know sound more like a that's little. Cool. And I'd add, but I'd add her sayings to it, like things she would say, make it the cadence <laughs> sound funnier, mm-hmm. um, and just like try to coax it out and. That was kind of interesting as a comedy thing. But, yeah, it's it's been good. I mean, I found some people who then went to my blog and have been following me and been supportive of my writing elsewhere. Um, it yeah. just kind of spreads the width. But the one drawback is I don't really, like, advertise it's me, it's me, it's me. Yeah. So, and that's with all my blogs. Like, like Stark Bunny, I never even said, hi, I'm Megan O'Keefe. But, because I, I think it's... If you want publicity, you should do that. But I find it kind of unattractive to like toot your own horn. I'll do it once yeah, or twice sure. a year. I say screw it. I put my name on everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I, I will have a post, and I started to be a little more ruthless. About, I mean, I had a couple of VH1 posts I did recently that were Game of Thrones related, and they were hilarious. So I yeah. put them on the blog. I'm like, hey guys, I work here now, but trust me, this is a good one. Yeah. And like, whenever the season starts up, I just say, hey, if you want to keep following me, I'm here. But yeah, I don't really. I mean, I once convinced New York Magazine that I was Jeff Goldblum because I have <laughs> uh, my BFF Jeff Goldblum Tumblr, and then I did like it's. Uh, wait, 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 wait! No, so you can't. You can't just gloss over this. So you, uh, please tell this story. <laughs> I feel like Rebecca's not talking at all, but I am. I, um, I, I mean. I need to hear this story, <laughs> and, then, and then I can talk. We're, we're going to make. We're yeah. going to make Rebecca talk. <laughs> So I initially thought it would be funny if my best friend was Jeff Goldblum and that we went to the park and hung out and like, <laughs> flew kites. He gave me advice and like we went to parties together yeah. and had for some Yeah, everyone's yeah. dream. Yeah. yeah. So I wrote a humor piece and I submitted it to the Hairpins. At that time I had done a couple things for them. And um, at one point one of the editors liked it, but then I got pulled at the last minute because the other one didn't thought it was too weird. Oh, wow. So I didn't know what to do about it, and I was like, I'll just make a Tumblr. So there's about three or four pages of Tumblr material where it's a photo of Jeff Goldblum and, like, this conversation that Jeff Goldblum has with me, my imagination. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then um, (laughs) what happened was I wrote for Slacktory a, um, I think it was, like, a Jeff Goldblum, like, oh, I was, um, I don't know, it was an advice column, but answering as I was Jeff Goldblum. And um, it didn't get like, a lot of attention, but New York Magazine found it, and because of one question, he talks about gelato and what he likes to eat, what kind of gelato he likes, they just put it on Grub Street as a, as a blog link saying, Jeff Goldblum loves this gelato. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. And my name was on the byline, too. So yeah. I, like, I, 
I screen grabbed that motherfucker so fast. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Like, I once convinced New York Magazine that I was Jeff Goldblum. So if anyone's mm. ever like, Megan O'Keefe's very female and feminine, she can't write like a male or write for a man. <laughs> <laughs> I can write Jeff I can... Goldblum, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, Rebecca, you work for Upworthy, yes, which is a great site, and yeah. you're uh, you're an outspoken feminist. Yeah, <laughs> on the best, internet, which is the yeah. best thing to be. Yeah, I think. on the internet. Um, but yeah. you also nice. a thing that I want to know about is you also um, do use it as, as an example. Like a couple weeks ago, PBS aired that amazing uh, Wonder Woman documentary mm-hmm. about like the creation of Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and like women's roles in sci-fi mm-hmm. action stuff over like the course of history. Uh, and you have a lot of Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. I just wonder, like, do you ever get any, like, in the comic book area, get any of that, like, weird pushback of, like, you know, you shouldn't like this, or, you know, you're not a real fan. Like, the fake geek girl bullshit. You know, weirdly, I haven't gotten a lot of fake geek girl, like, I don't get a lot of that, which I guess is a good thing. People <laughs> believe your like cred. A, yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Like, I actually genuinely don't read comics that yeah. much. My boyfriend reads comics and, like, recounts them to me in excruciating detail. So, like, I'm up to speed on a lot of them. <laughs> but, like, I read Hawkeye and I'm a little bit behind on Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel. But, like, that's that's yeah. sort of it. But the Wonder Woman documentary, I did get a few people because I was just, like, quoting from it. So, there's yeah. at one point they said, you know, like, Wonder Woman has gotten so big that she is beyond any fan, any writer, any filmmaker. And what they meant was, like, she's an icon. So, like, to the feminist movement, she means one thing. Within the context of the comic book Mm -hmm. world, she has her own story. But, like, you know... Yeah. Most, you know, feminists or Gloria Steinem, like, doesn't know what the hell's going on in Wonder Woman's comic right now. Right, right. So (laughs) I, like, tweeted that quote with the hashtag and then got someone who's, like, a fan of Wonder Woman and who, like, totally agrees with me on everything being, like... If you believe that, then you're opening the door for sexist, vile interpretations of her story what? if you feel that no one's capable of writing her. And I was like, hold on a what second. What is happening? <laughs> hold on. <laughs> Let me back up a second. It was from this documentary. She's like, yeah, I know. I saw the documentary. And I'm like, why are we arguing about <laughs> this? Like, I love those. <laughs> like, it was yeah. so, like, it ended up just, like, it, it, she just kind of stopped talking. But, yeah. like, you do get a lot of people sort of nitpicking mm-hmm. things yeah. sometimes. Well, which is you like... also, I mean, you're a representative of a new type of fandom that I, as, like, a comic book anthropologist, I'm now going mm-hmm. to start exploring through you, so mm-hmm. get ready. No, I'm just... This, um, bring uh, it. Bring uh, it. Well, I mean, I wrote... I wrote also, I love, I love the title that you just... <laughs> no, I'm not even kidding. Like, that's great. Comic book anthropologist Brett White. I went, I went home... So I'm uh, going to introduce you to people from now on. <laughs> I went home and spent, like, a week with my nephews for a week. And they are, they're like 10 and 7 or so, and they watch Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, they know who Power Man and Iron Fist, AIM, like all these obscure Marvel characters that got them on lock, they play the video games, they like do everything except read the comic books. Yeah. But mm-hmm. they still have the toys, know all these obscure stuff mm-hmm. because of all this other stuff. And I realized, why in the world would I not call them a fan of Marvel Comics? Like, they are literally doing every single thing they love these characters as much as I do. It's just like they love them and relate to them in these other iterations of media, ones that are not, you know... Well, that's uh, why they're technically both called DC and Marvel Entertainment Yes. <laughs> so, like, your individual, like, uh, represent this 
movement on Tumblr specifically of people that have latched onto these Marvel movies, which are great fucking yeah. movies, uh, and are enjoying these superheroes maybe for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they're not, they're independent of all this other stuff. Like, it's really fascinating. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, for, for me, like, I have always wanted to read comics, yeah. but I read really quickly. Like, when I would go on vacations with my family, and my mom would be like, you can bring a book, I'd bring, like, a separate duffel bag with, like, 20 Animorphs books, because it took me about 45 <laughs> minutes to burn through one. Like, yeah, I yeah. read so quickly that comic books are just, like, not... A, like affordable medium for me because yeah, they, yeah. they, they yep. get yes. expensive quickly. Yes. Yes. You need to fine. like yeah. keep them in order, and like I never knew where to jump in, and you know, like they it can be very overwhelming. Yeah. And so through the movies, which is like I'm a huge TV nerd and like a movie nerd, so like having these characters like in a really accessible way is like awesome. Like yeah. I can totally get into it, and then it makes it a little bit easier when someone hands me a comic. To, like, know who the characters are. Yeah. I mean, speaking to that, because I grew up loving all, like, the X-Men cartoon series so much. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I used to watch this the guy. Adam West yeah. Batman. That so good. I used, Coming like, back. I, I mean, the reason why I have red hair is because of Batgirl, because I was this very <laughs> nerdy brunette with glasses who read books a lot, and I just didn't have a lot of friends, and I felt like no one liked me. And I saw the episode with Batgirl, and she's a librarian. She's cute, and she's nice, but she's quiet. And then she puts on this red wig and changes her outfit and becomes Batgirl, and she saves Batman, and everyone's just like, who is this girl? In the 60s. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. In the 60s. And I'm just like... I want to be that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um... Even in the 60s, they were like, who's that dude? Yeah. <laughs> who's that dude? <laughs> who's that dude? Dude, dude totally, like, put, like, fake boobs on, right? Yeah, yeah. The woman couldn't do that. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. But, um, so I actually tried to go into a comic book store when I was about, like, 10 or 11, and it was, like, in the strip mall with, like, ShopRite, and my mom was getting groceries, and I didn't have a dad or brothers growing up. It's, like, an all-female family. And so I went in just like, what's going on? Like, comic book world. Because back in the 90s, it was much more the dude's domain. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And so I remember walking through and just being so intimidated and not knowing what to start. And I'm like, well, where do I start? I want to start at the beginning. And, like, Ugh. you find it, you realize that you can't ever really start no. with the yeah. origin issue. Yeah. Because you did have to wade through a good 10 years worth of 60s stories that are delightful, but also insane. It was just (laughs) insane, and, like, I couldn't say it. I was such a shy kid, too. Like, I was really shy and really insecure, and just, I, the guy, I remember him just staring at me, like, he didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like, this little girl was just, like, wandering around his store. And so it intimidated the the shit out of me. And then I moved to Boston, went to BU, and, um... I used to occasionally go into Comicopia and Kenmore Square, and um, I liked it, bought a couple of things, was trying to read graphic novels, cut to, I moved to London for six months after college, um, and I was burnt out on books because I had been an English major, did not have TV, <laughs> and I didn't have a lot of time on my computer, and this time, like, it was hard, it took forever to BitTorrent shit, yeah. so I had no way to keep myself entertained. So I went to comic book stores, and I started reading, like, um, X23. I read, I got, oh. I tried to find, like, before I got to London, I had gone, I had gotten the, um, the origin story, like, of the X-Men, like, paperbound. Like, they had the black and white one, like, the... Oh, yeah. The, oh, the essential collection. Yeah. 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 And I love that. I'm oh. like, I love classic X-Men so much. Yeah. 
it's amazing. And then I just started to read Age of Apocalypse. I started branching out and reading Brian K. Vaughn, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then I moved back to Boston and went back into the Conicopia. And at that point, they had not one, not two, but three awesome female staff members who Aww. over the course of a couple of years became, like, my best friends. <laughs> oh, that's who, great. Like, pulled me out of, like, some of my depression and, like, after college and, like, helped me get my stuff together. And, like, they're almost like family. Yeah. And they're these awesome babes who are just, like... I say babes because, like, they're, like, they're gorgeous, fashionable, very tough, very They're also body. pigs. They're pigs in the city. <laughs> they're pigs in the city. <laughs> they're all owned by James Cromwell. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. He's I'm not touching any of them. <laughs> I meant literal pigs as in Babe the Pig. Still not, not touching that. <laughs> but it, it wasn't until, like, and this, I mean, partially I guess it's my fault when I'm being more courageous, but it was difficult to, like, know how to jump in when there wasn't a guide. And so to yeah. have the female staff members was a huge help because they could, like, cut through a lot of the bullshit and, like, figure out, like, wh- they knew where the strong female characters were. They knew yeah. where, like, this kind of story was. Mostly the X-Men. Mostly the X-Men. Like, that's why I love it because even as a little girl, like, watching the cartoon, there wasn't one girl. There are a number of girls and they're all Four. different and they're all, like, beautiful they in a different all... way mm-hmm. and powerful in their own way. Well, see, this is why, and, and this is why I find it so fascinating, like, how the internet works now is that I feel like you can like like you can interact with people a lot because yeah. so often yeah. so often reading comics is a very solitary form of entertainment because it's just you engaging with the book on your own and uh the the connection the connection that the internet helps make uh, helps people make around the world from so many diverse areas like you allow yourself to like open up and meet people like that mm-hmm. that can yeah. that can sort of guide you towards like oh I like this thing what should I read next and I mean there's assholes out there but there are still yeah. assholes anywhere I mean, like, like, you can find an asshole like, at the library there're d- d- assholes everywhere yeah, yeah. yeah. things like the carol core happening <laughs> on tumblr is like well they're sh- they're doing it in all caps on yeah. the internet yeah. like that's yeah. a... no, no, that's true. that's exactly what oh my god Aunt Maddie, let's wreck I want to I want to go through every single internet comment that's in all caps and just respond with Shh. Tone it down Seth. Hush. I was like tumblr tumblr has enabled things like the carol core to be a thing that exists. The Carol, Captain Marvel, oh, Carol Corpse, oh, yeah. Carol Core. Core. It's Core, cool. right? Yeah. Battle Core. It looks yeah. like Corpse. Yeah, but it sounds it, like, but like Core. That, which I feel like Captain Marvel fascinates me. Because like, it's a good book with a writer that passionately believes in what she's writing. And I feel like it has reached an audience of people who are straight up new to comics. Like, that's usually what every letter in the back of Captain Marvel is. Is like, I love the movies, never read the comics, I'm reading Captain Marvel, it's great, thank you! Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think so, Tumblr and, I, and those things have to really help that. Yeah, and I think there's a weird, like, and this might just be, like, my Tumblr neighborhood, um, is, like, this interesting Venn diagram, we, you know, Tumblr neighborhood. I mean, it's like yeah. my sister's like, didn't you hear everyone on Tumblr's talking about Taylor Swift? And I'm like, nope. not on my Tumblr. Nope. nope. No, I saw not that. on my <laughs> Tumblr. <laughs> that would be your You definitely. keep your Taylor but, Swift but, off my Tumblr. We're only here it's for like Tom going Hiddleston to and Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> you tell me when Benedict Cumberbatch talking about Taylor Swift, and you can let them both right back on my Tumblr. <laughs> 
That's exactly what my sister sounds like. Till then, I'm only going to re-blog Sherlock. I don't know why it sounds, yes. it sounds like anyway. a hillbilly in a double wide. Wait, what was I saying? Um, oh, so like my Tumblr neighborhood yeah. is sort of like social justice issues and fandom. The and there's, there's this, like, I love it. I think it's so, it's, fandom is such an interesting way to explore certain social justice issues. Yeah. Um, but then some people take it to like a weird extreme where they're like, you're not shipping the black person and the white person. You're racist. Oh my and God. you're like, wait what? a minute. Where did we, where, yeah, where so did so she from? said shipping. Shipping. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So let's break that down for the old man. Yeah. Relationship shipping. That's when you pair two people. Oh, like an OTP. And then, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then there's yeah. Shipping Wars, which is a show on Discovery about yeah. actual <laughs> ships. Yes. Yeah, I thought yeah. you were going to say about actual <laughs> wars between people but that no, ship like Cap and Tony and Bruce and Tony. Which I'm sure I mean, they're probably they generally get along. Okay, but I—that's the thing. I've never—I <laughs> got burned in the Harry Hermione versus Ron Hermione shipping war when J.K. Rowling came down firmly on the opposing side <laughs> back Ron Hermione. So I avoid shipping wars at yeah. like all. Yeah. costs now fascinating okay generally i'm just like can't we all get along we're all making up shit about characters yeah. that are made up yeah, anyway yeah. like why are you Jeez. gonna like yeah. need something to do guys like Ugh. when people start attacking each other for how they've portrayed someone or for not portraying like it yeah i'm just like whatever like, let's just all enjoy the same thing in the yeah. same space but it, it is interesting to see sort of like i don't know i always wonder because like i said I, well, I, I'm proud slash fan, but I'm also a feminist. And I'm like, why am I not liking further development of female characters? And it's yeah. because there, a lot of fandoms don't have a lot of female characters. Yeah. And a lot of the male characters are much more developed. So if you're going to mm -hmm. pair two of them to get like a realistic relationship, <clears throat> the people who have more developed backstories and characters yeah. and character traits are going to be the male characters. Yeah. There's also... So it's, like the yaoi thing. Um, oh yeah, because my um, yaoi is uh, it's it's Japanese. That's yeah. the anime. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. gay pairings. So it's like they're romance books. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, yeah. Really... Well, there are yaoi paddles. <laughs> I yeah, I always see those at Comic Con. But yeah. Are you talking know, about something like Fruits Basket or like Fruits Basket's not Yaoi, is it? It's, it's just romance. It's so that's so it's different than just like a straight just romance, romance genre. Is, no, Yaoi is a male-on-male romance and oh, sex okay. and all because the yeah, because slash and is the fangirls are rabid and yeah. insane, yeah. and even like they get really emotionally invested in a way that can be from the outside slightly worrying, worrying <laughs> to yeah. watch. Uh -huh. I used to help out at like cons with like my friends at the comic book store, and like the Yaoi girls were just. Like, like this glaze look in their eyes. It was just like yeah, and what like I the I, appeal I think is like for me what I could only surmise is as a woman you're not being threatened. So there's not anything yeah. that angst about yeah. sex or about pregnancy. Well, there's that, or but there's like also like there's also just... women are like and I so in media in when there are groups there's usually like four men to one woman. Yeah. Like if you think about. You know, sometimes it's two to three, but it's usually yeah. like about one to four. So women are sort of conditioned from a very young age to be like, there's only room for one of you in the group, so you got to kick all the other ones out. So when you read stories oh. with like a male character and a female character, you're sort of subconsciously like vying for that. You're like, I want to be like that girl because she's got to go or yeah. like it's very hard to huh. like if you think about even Harry Potter, like every girl kind of has to put herself in Hermione. Like I know like. You know, all Not my female friends are like, I am just like Hermione. And I'm like, there are 20 of us. And we yeah. cannot all be just like Hermione. Yeah, it's kind of like how every male improviser claims they're gonzo. <laughs> really? 
Well, I'm, I do at least. I'm Miss Piggy. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or are we all Donatello's? See, you know, were you really Leonardo? See, no, I was always a Donatello guy. Oh, see, I was, I was a, a Donatello guy. Muppet. I, think, well, I liked uh, Raphael and Michelangelo. Yeah, yeah. I had a Raphael doll, and I, it was a doll you couldn't like get in stores that my someone found for me. Like I don't know where he got it. Yeah. And it was Probably like here. I became like queen of kindergarten when I came in with that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. But it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. I'm still kind of like. I'm looking forward to Star Trek, as you know. It's, like, mm-hmm. all I care about in some respects. I'm super excited for I am it. Yeah, yeah. so fun. I yeah. have, like, a work event that I'm... same week, and I, like, <laughs> we're, like, all going to Connecticut, and I was like, can we all please do a group bonding trip to Star Trek? And my boss is like, <laughs> what? Oh, no. that's not upworthy. I know, I know. Well, no. like, we talk about this, like, all the time, but, like, mm-hmm. it's weird how there's, like, he, J.J. Abrams hasn't actually pulled another female character into the crew, because yeah. there actually are a lot who could be developed. Well, there is one, end. there is, I mean, there is the other, there's the, there, there is the woman that is screaming in her bikini in the trailers. She's a... Right? Marcus, so, yeah. this, Who this is, is a character, like, I just, I she's went She's in Wrath of Khan, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, oh, that's who that is. Yeah. I had no idea. I don't know why she's randomly in a bikini screaming. Yeah. In... It really, it's like really, I absolutely loved the reboot, the first one, I mean, mm-hmm. who did it? That yeah. movie was like fantastic. Yes. It's really worrying me that the second one isn't going to live up to those standards, not because it's not going to be a good movie, but because, like, the first one sort of took Star Trek and made it new, but I really wish they'd stick to the core of, like, it was about progressive, that, yeah. you know, like, equality, and, you know, and I feel like they should have a gay character. Yes. Or oh, yeah. oh, that women, post about making or, Sulu gay was amazing. Yeah, on the Mary Sue, that was amazing. Ugh. They should just, like, make Sulu, like, it, it shouldn't be a big deal. It doesn't have to be, like, an announcement. But, yeah. like, there has, I think there hasn't been a gay character in Star Never, Trek which ever. which is insane. Which is crazy. No, the and character I've, in First Contact that um, Neil McDonough Donna played was supposed to be out, but it never was addressed in the movie. I would have loved that no because kidding. Neil McDonough is handsome. Yes, is. Oh my gosh! <laughs> also, the eyes. Uh, Dumb Dugan. Like... Dumb Dumb Dugan, who is <laughs> one of my like, top super Christian Marvel. though, and like won't do any uh, love scenes in. Uh-huh. And, like, I think he got like written Kurt out Cameron? of Desperate Housewives or well, something because he his, wouldn't do like a sex scene with. He was. I think he was on Desperate Housewives as a, the like a widow of a woman who had died. I think. Yeah, but I so think, I think they he wanted might have, him... like, skirted that issue, but, like, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I've heard that about him. No, not Neil McDonough. You're so handsome. <coughs> you probably hate that I think that. Um, <laughs> He's listening right now. He was just like, no, thank yeah. you. What? I mean, I just, we, we're re-watching every Star Trek movie up until uh, the new one that comes out. I so I've, my mom. <laughs> so my mom I've, and I used to watch Star Trek together. I've watched all of them. Oh, and the thing that great. I hated <laughs> is that, like, Troy and Crusher do nothing. In all four of the Next Generation movies, mm. they literally do next to nothing. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, also, to be, air quote, fair, no one except for Picard and Data really does anything yeah. in those movies. Which Riker is really... wears a corset. Oh, gosh, guys. Also, my crush on Riker. Let's dive, um, let's dive into that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Penn State grad! Jonathan Frakes. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. He uh, he was a uh, theater major at Penn State. <laughs> Mr. That's Jonathan Frakes. Cool. We need yeah. all the good names. How do you, get. the Star Trek because fan? I shamefully do not. I've only seen the first three seasons of Next Gen. She's well, not a not Next shameful. Gen. I'm not oh, like so a Next oh, Gen. Oh, oh, okay. She's okay. an original series. Original series. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. I feel like that's a. I feel like that's a harder barrier to get past. 
Just because, I mean, like, pacing, like, 60s pacing and stuff. Oh, yeah, it's that was... now. That okay. was... Weird. That was... Now was, like, five years ago. Like, I, I used to watch I him as a kid. Why. Like, we had, like, two, we had the Triples episode, and the episode was Spock's parents on VHS that, like, a babysitter left, and I just, like, would keep yeah. rewinding and playing. And then, like, my dad took me to, like, a comic book store, and I was overwhelmed by the comics, but they had Star Trek cards that had, like, episode synopses on them. Ooh, okay. So I would, like, get those and, like, read them and be like, I totally saw this episode, but I hadn't. Um, <laughs> and so I watched them, like, when... A, Back when the movie came out in 2009, I like wa- I like marathoned all three seasons, and oh, it was wow. like a hurdle at first to get past the pacing. But I'm such a TV nerd that I like was fascinated by that as well. Yeah. I think yeah. since and Mad Men, it's easier to watch. I think like all those those yeah. contemporary dramas. Mad Men just pace yeah. very slow. Yeah, we're used to now like slow. I, but I, can't, I can't watch Mad Men because it's too slow. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, it's like you want like the same like slow but also like weird aliens. Like well, you need the both. Thing, the thing <laughs> that's yeah. fun about Star Trek though is like when it's because it set the like the standard for so many sci-fi things is that like it takes them 45 minutes to figure out what you figure out in like minute oh, 15. Yeah. And you're just like, was... how many ways can they hilariously not realize that there's two of them this time? Like, I was in a Star Trek RPG um, where we did a whole campaign as a vessel into like episodes, and I was the doctor, and in one episode, I was given a plant that was very obviously going to like give us like some kind of like the crew like you know naked time ask results and like yeah yeah and like <laughs> yeah. so my game master is like. Um, so do you want to sniff the plant? And I was like, no! You would have been great on the, on the ship in Prometheus. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, you want to sniff it. it. And I was like, fuck you! Is this your plan? Is this your only plan that I sniff it? And then, like, if I don't sniff it, everything you planned for this episode goes away. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah so I had to sniff it, and even though I was like, fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> but I love that. That was my favorite, my first RPG campaign. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. And I was like a half-Orion doctor who was like a genius who knew like oh man it was just great so comparison from RPG to sort of how we interact with the things that we love on bringing it back to the internet now <laughs> uh, the topic of today's show yeah but like do you guys do you guys feel like you can be more engaged and in new and like different and creative ways with like what you definitely yeah, yeah? and how so I mean like what what has the internet afforded you as a fan the ability... Like, how has it afforded you a new way to interact with, like, something that you love that you definitely would not have been able to before? Uh, when I was on LiveJournal, and in, I was, like, one of those crazy people who just made LiveJournal icons all the time. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, and that, that, that's how I learned that. Photoshop. Yeah, oh, wow. that's how I, I used Thank to do you. it in Microsoft Paint. I'd like, <laughs> I I like erase, little, and you could only undo things three times. And oh, you yeah. would randomly like oh, draw yeah. a line across your painting, and you have to like pixel by pixel like yeah. yep. color correct it. And then I like begged and begged and got Photoshop, and like Photoshop led to froth the humor magazine yeah, in college, yeah. which led to like jobs. Which after taught college. me Photoshop, right? So, like, <laughs> that magazine. Yeah, I mean that was like my way of like contributing because I didn't write fan fiction. I read a lot of it, but I wanted to participate. And like, what was I good at? Yeah, was graphic design, and so I would. Ma- I mean, I would literally like thinking back now. Somewhere there's a photo bucket with like five thousand one hundred by one hundred pixel graphics of like the Who's Line cast. <laughs> I did like. like I, was... I started doing it for like Dune icons. I, I couldn't find Dune great. icons, so I, 
come with the sci-fi miniseries. I want like, I'm a say, icon. I, would, I, want it, like, I would like. I would probably say that maybe the deepest cut fandom might be Dune. <laughs> no, it's not. Really? It's like, <laughs> really? Like, I love Dune. I know. Like, I'm just saying, like, man, like, you don't hear a lot of Dune anything. <laughs> That's true. I mean, not in my neighborhood on Tumblr, at least. Fear is the mind killer. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the uh, trailer for the 80s Dune a couple weeks ago, and it's just like, wow, that is a huge movie. Well, you know, it was a David Lynch film. Yeah. It's, yeah. Can you, like, can you, like thinking, knowing what you know now, they were like, hey, we want to turn this series of books into a franchise. Let's give it to David Lynch. <laughs> it's beautiful, though. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the movie is horrifically bad, but the, it's beautiful to look at, and yeah. then the miniseries is greatly written and paced and, and but it's terrible a lot more faithful at. yeah <laughs> so i always <clears throat> wish if you had lynch's design with the sci-fi miniseries yeah. and of course sci-fi children are doing and us all to james mcavoy um <laughs> never oh forget. i never even realized never that. forget that? never forget that's <laughs> <laughs> so when i first saw um, his face oh one interesting yeah. thing that i think the internet uh has that i learned last year when the avengers opened um, it's like the internet is now a place where you can get these really crazy, uh, in-depth, like, literary essays written mm-hmm. about comic book movies, mm-hmm. where, that's when people say to me, like, well, The Avengers was just, like, a stupid action movie, or there wasn't enough emotion in The Avengers. No. I want to just, wish I could just, like, take the file that I have in my head of the thousands of words I've yeah. read about character <laughs> and just give it to them. It's just, yeah. like, until you've read an in-depth dissertation about like Black Widow's character arc in that movie then just shut up. Yeah, I yeah. mean there's a lot more critical thinking about pop culture it's because really... of the internet. It affor- it affords us that which I yeah. which I love because I'm I will I will fall down a rabbit hole on the AV club <laughs> like pretty much yeah. any day. I yeah. still go back to Red Hen publications because they have this amazing, I don't know what it was, but it's like one of the first kind of sites like that. And it's this adult woman who was really into Harry Potter and had been in adult, you know, discussions about it, but she's a very literary she-she person. And so she, as the books were still being written, were writing these intense theories and they were brilliant. And how she thought things would plot out were actually smarter. Yeah. And wow. then she revised it and like went back and explained like what J.K. Rowling had done wrong and like her essay and Hermione is fascinating. Like, she kind of tears Hermione apart. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. There are actually a lot of criticisms of how J.K. Rowling portrayed female characters. Oh. Um, and then also about class, about education, yeah. about the actual society and how, like, it's hazily written. Like, as much information as we have about the wizarding world, there's a lot of blanks places. Yeah. It's like, do all kids go to Hogwarts? Yeah, yeah. What is yeah. everyone else doing? Where do they learn how to read and write and do math? Is it yeah. homeschool? Is there some kind of, like, way of, like, how the fuck does society function? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Then before you, I don't, like, I, I mean, I graduated college in 06, um, and even back then, the internet, I couldn't find this kind of stuff on the internet, and I remember I took a Buffy class in college, which I am always going to be proud of. <laughs> this was, like, 2004, probably, uh, and that was, like, the first time that I actually got to dissect a thing that I loved that I knew was smart, but got to then, like, dissect it as, yeah. like, literature. And there were, like, my professor... The reason we had a Buffy class is because my pr- professor, Dr. David Lavery, was the first professor to compile a book of literary essays about Buffy. So my college became the de facto capital of Buffy studies. Wow. Um, and no, I was, remember reading <clears throat> about him. Yeah. That's amazing. 
and they did, there was in Nashville, they had a three-day Buffy the Vampire Slayer literary convention where people from all over the world would come just read essays that they'd written about, like, just, like, just the metaphors and insane stuff about Buffy that I was like, man, this is really interesting. And now I feel like I just get that stuff on Tumblr. Mm. Every day. <laughs> yeah, I, well, the the internet has definitely been good. Like, because my, for the longest time, my defense mechanism against people being like, oh, that thing you like is stupid, would be to, like, really seriously look them in the eye and just, like, ramble for five minutes about how it was awesome, <laughs> and they'd get really uncomfortable and be like, oh, well, you've clearly thought about this. And, yeah. Like, yeah. walk away. <laughs> uh, that's why I love, like, I just recently, for the first time, read Phonogram, uh, which is uh, a miniseries by uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McElvey. Who are doing uh, Young Avengers yeah. for Marvel right now. Uh, mm. This guy right here. And basically it is, it, it's about, um, it's specifically about Britpop, um, but about, like, it's, it is, like, un, like, almost unnecessarily critically focused on, on Britpop. And, like, cool. o- the entire thing is just, like, critically breaking down like all of these different bands there's a lot of magic elements to it too there's a there's a whole plot happening around it but yeah yeah (laughs) yeah as i'm I'm a big music geek too and like reading a comic book about that experience was was just fucking amazing and again too like like we're at a great time for comic books that we can be afforded the luxury of having a great series like that that actually thinks critically about music and delivers us that information mm-hmm. in the form of a comic series. <clears throat> yeah. Well, yeah. I have, I've also noticed a lot of, I mean, to, to go back to the, like, fandom and social, just, social justice overlapping, I've noticed through specifically the work of Kieran Gillen and Matt Fraction, this really interesting uh, string of, um, uh, like, shaming slut-shaming and yeah. like uh, trans acceptance and all mm-hmm. this like cool stuff in Marvel comics. Yeah. Like in the most recent issue of Hawkeye, uh, I, I'm not <clears throat> to be vague and not spoil anything. A, a male character who we're just introduced to, like is really like vague to a party at Kate and then kisses her and then like walks away and then you turn the page and then the next page is her going up to him being like, "Hey, this isn't your story. You don't get to just, just be mysterious to me, kiss me and walk away." Then she kisses him and then she's like, "I'm the hero of this story," and then leaves. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Even though the entire issue is about this male character, yeah. like Fraction is still makes a point to be like, this shit happens all the time. Where a mysterious man comes in, says a bunch of vague shit to a girl, and we're just like supposed to accept it. I love yeah. that. He for the one or two pages Kate's in the story, he still makes it clear like Kate is the co-lead of this book. Like, she has agency. I love that. Yeah. And even in the same week or week before, Fraction had one of the Moloids in in uh, FF which is fantastic, come out as uh, transgendered, as, like, a woman in a male Moloid's body. Yeah. And it's just really, like, Moloids are these tiny little cute, uh, they're all, like, children, like little cute mole people. And they speak in this really weird, stilted, broken English-type thing. And he's just like, <clears throat> you do not have a brother, you have a sister. And he's wearing this, like, little, like, pink frilly dress. And then all of his brothers, like, are like, we still love you. And they all give him a hug. And they, like, kiss him. And they're like, we're still family. And it was so, Aww. like, touching. And then, That's like, great. and then he's just wearing, like, a dress for the rest of the issue. And no one gives a shit. Like, I just, I love that. I love that Marvel is allowing people, like, these writers to just do that. Like, Miss America Chavez in Young Avengers has lesbian mothers. It's just a fact. Like, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. who cares? I fucking love that shit. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I fucking like. 
<laughs> that this is like a weird sort of tangent. One of my favorite episodes of Star Trek, the original series, is the very last episode of the series, which I think a lot of people don't like. But it features all good thing. Or no, no, it's you're talking the about... turnabout intruder. Yes, with the woman who like body swaps with Kirk. Yeah. Whoa. And because she wants to be a starship captain, and starship captains aren't allowed to be women. So she has to take his body. That is a rule in the progressive future of Star Trek? Yeah. Holy women crap. So, so, like, that's the thing that I love about Star Trek is that it's, like, far enough in the past that, like, its progressive future is still slightly off. So yeah. it's, like, really interesting to see. They were like, we're doing a really good job. And, like, patting themselves on the back. And you're like, you still fuck this all up. Yeah, like, really good job we're doing such a great job that you should go make me a sandwich, woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but it's, it's, like, such an interesting episode. Because as soon as they body swap, all of a sudden Kirk's, like, filing his nails. Even though, like, when she's herself in her own body... She's not filing yeah. her nails, mm-hmm. and she's not like sashaying around, like you know, overly dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's partially. It is. Shatter. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shatner was like, finally, <laughs> this is the final frontier. This is but how it's, I play. It's them. interesting because I feel like if that episode aired today, it would be like I would just love to read a, like a, an essay, one mm. of those lengthy Tumblr oh, yeah. essays on like how it's actually about someone with gender dysmorphia who yeah. I'm not sure if that's the right term, but who feels like they've been born in the wrong body. She feels like she's meant to be a man who she's meant to be a starship captain she's meant to be that qualified and like it ends with her sort of like fainting and her like male nurse being like don't worry i'll love you and take care of you forever and then like fade out <laughs> like so they like try really hard and then it, it just doesn't work but it's so interesting <laughs> yeah. to see their like attempt at like gender politics. I wish Tumblr had been around and I had been old enough to be on Tumblr. <laughs> well, like, when, um, Next Gen, the episode where he becomes Locutus, and you yeah. have Commander Shelby, because Commander Shelby is, like, this awesome character they have for, like, three episodes, yeah. and then they make her leave. She would have been amazing because she's a tactical, like, they tried that with Yar, 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 Yar I think. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. um, but yeah, like, they, yeah, I just, that was my one thing with the Abrams thing, is that they could have, like, in this new alternative universe, if some of the characters are different, <clears throat> why not make one of the female characters who's in the background or not given yeah. their sh- shift, like, a much more progressive take? Yeah. 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 Why, uh, if this is, like, the ultimization of Star Trek, why can't Jean Picard show up and it's a woman? Whoa. Uh, or why does Uhura have to be a love interest? Yeah, yeah. that's the thing I really basic thing. hate, is that she has to be a love interest. And it, well, and that, I feel like that is the trapping of a society that feels like we still need a love interest in everything, even though Avengers yeah. proved that you don't. Yeah. And also her being the only woman, so it's but like, I, well, I we feel, can't have I, a but gay the thing is, like, I feel like they, they're like patting That's themselves why. on the back. Yeah. Like, they don't want Spock to be gay. Yeah. Despite everything you've read, Rebecca, he is mm-hmm. not... <laughs> Kirk and Swagger totally boning. Anyway, um, <laughs> and Bones is boning. But, <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, that, that was actually why I like wanted to give my cat a Star Trek name, and I was like, I can't go with Kirk or Swag. I've read too many weird things on the internet about that. Um, so I went with Bones. Um, yeah, but I feel like they're like patting themselves on the back for giving like make pairing Uhura with Spock because they're like everyone expects her to go to Kirk. Naha, this is clever. Yeah. And it's like, no, she just went with the other male lead. Yeah. And if you're going by original series canon, she kind of ends up going with Scotty. Yeah. Like in the movies, which yeah. is, it's like in, I think, the fifth movie. Yeah. Where they were like. Final Frontier? Yeah, where Nichelle yeah. Nichols and James Dewan just kind of 
Like, all their scenes are together, and they oh, kind of yeah, don't have anything to do. flirt a lot. So it seems like the actors chose to just give e- to give <laughs> yeah. themselves a romantic subplot. Because yeah. none of the dialogue reads like there is one. But they'll just, like, look at each other too long, or, like, yeah, touch each other, that. and it's amazing. It's been a long time since I've seen that. that it's so I was like, yay! I would love to see Simon Pegg get Zoe Saldana. If anyone has to get her, and no one does. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, she should get someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Zoe, Zoe Saldana can get it. Yeah. yeah. I do love that, I mean, that it does look like she's going to get to do some things in this movie, which yeah. one of my problems with watching the first one again is, like, she still doesn't get to I mean, to she do... does find the signal that leads to the entire plot right. happening. Yeah. But... I guess I mean, like, physical action. But, yeah. I'm a Buffy yeah. person, so I love seeing women kick people's kick, Yeah. <laughs> kick people's And she ass. totally mm-hmm. can, so. Well, like, there are characters that they could have, like, beefed up. Like, even, like, Nurse Chapel could have been yeah. a doctor in this yeah. timeline. Yeah, yeah. Is she in uh, either no. of the She's referred to oh. in that, like, scene where McCoy is, like, frenetically just becoming the head of, um, yeah. the... the she's... The chief medical officer. That's what I was going for. <laughs> yeah. um, and he's like, Nurse Chapel! Like, he says that, and some uh-huh. girl with a blonde runs by. But, like, even if, like, the rumors, I think they are, I'm not sure the rumors are true that it is Khan, that, that those rumors, they could have redone one of the Guyvers and made her not just a military history buff, but an actual, like, tactician. Yeah. yeah, and they could have made her not fall instantly in love mm-hmm. with him. And yeah, and play with, with or play with faint. that. Yeah. yeah, like have her like use that like as leverage. Yeah, I mean, th- there's so many like w- there's um or the original yeah. number two, number one. Yeah, the yeah. original from the the cage. Yeah, I mean, there's so many like female <laughs> characters. I mean, Yeoman Rand like mm-hmm. shows up periodically yeah. to like cling to Kirk and Wimper. Yeah, but then if you listen to interviews with the actress, she's like, no, we really like made her role like something awesome there and you're like what are you talking about who was the um who was the i watched that there's a documentary on netflix called it's the it's the documentary that gene roddenberry's son did oh yeah i love Uh, the documentary and they they, trek it's like trek nation i think yeah that's it um and he goes and finds the who was the the female like she was like a secretary to Gene Roddenberry, and she just like worked her way up to become a, a staff oh, writer. Oh, DC yeah. Fontana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Gene Roddenberry yeah. was just like, "No, she's good, so yeah. she's gonna be." But they made her say DC. Yeah, because she's a woman. Yeah. Well, it's the but same she wrote thing. like some of the best episodes. Yeah. Um, Major Barrett. She Major was. Barrett, yeah. She was number one. She was the first officer above Spock in the pilot. Yeah, in the pilot. Yeah. And that was one of the notes that the network gave. Like, you cannot have a woman be so powerful. That was actually the note. And so she she was fired, but he liked her because he liked her, liked her, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then yeah, he created yeah. Nurse Chapel for her. And like, and then you watch those episodes. Like, there's the episode with like her ex boyfriend, who's a professor, but yeah. he's like a right. And she and Kirk have a really cool rapport where, like, he's her friend. Yeah. yeah. And, like, that's, what's, that's kind of awesome and different yeah. from most of the other interactions with women on the show. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's hints that he wanted to do that. But at the same time, like, that's why I get so angry and angsty because, like, Abrams didn't have those hands holding him back. Yeah. yeah. He also had two long-lasting series that featured female leads. Um, yeah. Yeah. Alias. Too bad Electra was bad, right? Who here has seen Electra? Not I have not seen Electra. I have not seen it, but one does not do see, a... one experience. <laughs> <laughs> one feels Electra. <laughs> um Yeah. Oh gosh, guys, fandoms. Well what are you guys <laughs> most excited for this summer? 
uh, in in terms of uh, the stuff. Like, like, why don't real fast too? Because I keep saying it vaguely. Mm-hmm. Because you guys, uh, you guys do like a lot of stuff. What are your What are your uh, top five uh, favorite franchises of anything oh, that you're franchises? into right now? Oh, right, right now, now. Yeah. right at this moment. Yeah, yeah. Right now, I'm really into the War of the Roses, <laughs> the actual historical conflict. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Because I'm excited for the White Queen, that ABC miniseries that from the trailer seems to be only yeah. about how hot Max Irons is. Yeah. <laughs> but it's actually not. Um, you know but, what? Actually, let me say that then. Let me rephrase my question. Because <laughs> um, that's actually great. So how how has being, uh, and I mean this in a great way, a fanatic about something, being uh, a, a fan, that, like a very intense fan of something that you care about, uh, like Star Trek or, or um, you know, any comics, anything like that, how has that uh informed how you interact with other information outside of that like do you find yourself uh uh digging in and researching more about yeah. new things that you discover or I need to have all the details like yeah. and even I'm I'm a harsher judge of like world building like I yeah. read a lot of YA novels and like my big issue right now is that like so many of the popular ones, they've had no attention to the world building whatsoever. And, like, the names are bland. Or, like, yeah. Yeah. it's like the creativity isn't there. And Because I love the vast mythologies. Like, I grew up, I think my first fandom was Greek mythology, like Greek myths. Oh, yeah. And I was obsessed with, like, learning all about them and the genealogy and, like, mm-hmm. getting it down pat. And then I went to Star Wars, massive Star Wars fan. Um, and then I went to Harry Potter, and like in all those worlds, like you have to. I mean, the X Men or comic books, like there's so much stuff, yeah. and I love discovering new things. Uh, how is how is uh, fandom affected the way you interact with um, non fandom things? With not, I think it's actually like in terms of like having healthy debates about things has been really helpful because you like in fandom. Especially, people get very angry about things, and my <laughs> feeling is always just like. We all like the same thing. Like, yeah. let's just all get along. So it's it's kind of a helpful thing when you go into a debate about anything else to be like, if they're disagreeing with me, it's not because they just want to disagree with me, although sometimes they do and they're assholes. <laughs> but a lot of times, they honestly just feel like they're right. And so it's like finding mm-hmm. that sort of common ground and like realizing that you're interpreting the same thing in different ways and like either accepting that or deciding never to talk to that person again and usually it's easier (laughs) to just sort of be like well let's agree to disagree we both like the same thing and that's pretty cool lately i'm finding myself like when i get into debates like that with friends in real life who are in front of me who are trying to convince me like no this character's awesome or no you know what this movie's gonna be so great i'm just it's not my cup of tea and i don't want to like belabor it i'm just like I am so happy for you. Yeah. You love this thing so much. Yeah, yeah. But please accept that I do not, and that's not your fault. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just not my thing. It's that's all how good. my whole family reacted when I spent three weeks mar- marathoning the first five seasons of Supernatural. And I would sure. just, like, call them and be like, oh my god, and they'd be like, we're that really happy for you. you in. But you That's need to not hearing. call us again until you're done. <laughs> that shows a huge show lady problem. I actually got I got into that show because I was like, I need a show with a fandom. Supernatural. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, like I picked it because I knew there was a fandom. Because you wanted other things to like get involved. Yeah, it was actually I had just moved to New York City and I had just finished up uh, like my first internship and was like sort of couch surfing for three weeks and was like, 
I got nothing to do. And I just watched five seasons in three weeks and, like, sobbed like a baby to all of my friends and family who were like, we're really happy for you, but you need to stop calling us about this show. (laughs) The way it became a Trekkie is similar because my mother had liked the original series, but not Next Gen when it first came out. And we were traveling to Idaho for, like, two or three weeks to visit my uncle, who is a massive Trekkie. Yeah. And so it was, like, 19... 92 or 93 and so there were no dvds obviously so he had actually tape record on cassette every single episode that had been on and it had been a few seasons at that point mm-hmm. and he had like typewritten like labels oh, and yeah. in order <laughs> and it. we were just bored we didn't have a car we're just stuck in the house all day he didn't have cable and the only other video we had was like five o goes west <laughs> <laughs> so we watched five o goes west twice and then, <laughs> and then, then my mom was just like and it was my mom was like man you just want to watch this like we're not gonna like it <laughs> and we got so sucked in. Like, oh, that's awesome. We became brainwashed. <laughs> it was like, that's how we became a Trekkie, my first like real big nerd, nerdy yeah. mom. Because... But yeah, I picked I picked Supernatural because it had a fandom and I had like very like no social life and no yeah. money. So mm-hmm. I was like, what am I going to do? I'm going to talk about this show that I love with strangers on the internet. Yeah. And it was awesome. Yeah. Well, we've managed to touch on a lot of awesome stuff today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Too yeah. much. Uh, is there anything you guys want to promote and plug? Before we wind things down. My day job's at VH1.com, so I blog about celebrities and pop stars, and I, on Best Week Ever, I sometimes do, like, not the show, the blog, <laughs> unless you think I'm much more important than I am. I, um, I'll do, like, some nerdy theme things. Like, for example, like a post I did just this weekend, I guess past weekend, because this is going up, um, whatever, time travel, um, was, what if Pepper Potts wrote Goop? a Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle blog. Um, and so it was a satire and, like, a silly piece. And then it was, like, a... I put too much thought into it. And I love so it. No I one, love it. No one, like, people want to just read, like, the bikini, like, galleries. They're not reading. They're just, like, masturbating. Like, my job yeah. is to, like, try and make it witty or funny just yeah. so I don't go insane. And then occasionally... Entertainment for masturbators. <laughs> <laughs> and then occasionally... Occasionally, like... I'll try something nerdy, and it's good, but no one really spreads it around the way they do, like, the butt pics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so I gotta be shameless now, and, like, like today I did, like, a gallery of women who are wearing, like, the covers now at, um, women who don't have a shirt on, but they have a jacket on, but you can see the jacket's open. This new trend, and all magazine covers, I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> so, but I knew people would want to... The masturbators want to masturbate to that. So did a gallery Bader's going to bait. Yeah. And then the, the, you know, captions are all like satirizing the whole process. Yeah. Love it. But, um, and then I'm on Twitter and Tumblr, Meg's okay, M-E-G-S-O-K-A-Y. And I have some shows coming up and that kind of stuff. And yeah. Yeah. I like it. And what am I doing? I'm on the internet all the time. Uh, yes. It's, yeah, I'm on the internet a disgusting amount of time. Um, on Twitter and Tumblr at Reisenberg, R-Y Eisenberg. Um, and I'm at Upworthy blogging about all sorts of fun feminist crap. Um, <laughs> Way to stand behind it. Yeah, I stand behind it. Um, that's really No, fun. It's, it's really super awesome, fun feminist stuff and other social justice issue stuff at it's upworthy.com slash Rebecca Eisenberg. 
And I also sort of sometimes remember to update I Spy Famous Face, which has like over 200 followers, 200,000 followers. Big difference there. Big difference. Wow. 200,000 followers. And then you just abandoned your people. Yeah. It just kind of is like its own machine now. Oh, okay. But every now and then we just update it with stuff. I thought you were just like, we got to a certain point and then we were like, fuck you people. No, no. That's what my mom wants to do. None of us have time. But it. I like it. It is still there, and every now and then, every now and then, people send us in stuff like, "Did you know that uh, Ross from Friends was in Thirty Rock?" And you're like, "As himself, yes. yeah, yeah, <laughs> he did." And every now and then, someone's like, "Did you know Greenzo from Thirty Rock was on Friends?" And you're like, "Are you really? Wow. Oh boy, really? what? When were you born? <laughs> Who's Ross? Yeah, oh, awesome. This is right." Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, guys, uh, lady, ladies, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us today. Yes, um, really chatting. Us. Usually, usually we're very, very comic book centric. So it was, it was great to get like a, a pers- uh, another like sort of fandom perspective. Broaden your horizons, listeners. Shut up. I'm always antagonistic towards the listeners. You are like super. Into- <laughs> I always my, have to like it's apologize to everyone it's for bit. you. It's my bit. People like me. Um, uh, next week on the show, we're going to be reading a special Man of Steel-ish, uh, thing, <laughs> which is a fandom that we should have gotten into, apparently. Indeed. Um, uh, we're going to be reading Superman Annual number 11, the For the Man Who Has Everything story by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons from 1985, which is a year before that same duo went on to do Watchmen, a book yeah. you might have heard about. Yeah, yeah, it's this book about, uh, people in a watchtower. Yeah, and who watches them? Yeah, yeah. Who wa- I don't know. that's that's what it God. is. Like, they keep like walking around in circles, looking for people watching them. <laughs> yeah, but this is that's... probably one of my favorite Superman stories, if not my favorite. And it's, I mean, it's centered around Batman, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, and Robin going to the Fortress of Solitude to give Batman or to give Superman a birthday present. It's clearly your favorite story because you have screwed up every detail <laughs> about it. It's DC, so my brain doesn't devote the energy. So yeah. The um, Justice League animated episode of it was great. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys are interested in purchasing a copy of Superman Annual 11 for the man who has everything, please visit mattandbrettlovecomics.com and buy a printing through the Amazon links on this episode's show notes. And of course, any purchase you make on Amazon through our online store kicks a couple pennies back to us. So thank you in advance. Uh, you can also purchase next week's reading via Comixology, which we'll have links to that on our site. And while you're at mattandbrettlovecomics.com, check out some of our back issues, like uh, writer Chris Robertson talking about iZombie with us and comedian Kevin Hines. Uh, and comedians Nicole Dressel and Becky Ferreira talking about severed issues one through seven. Spooky! Because it was scary. It was um, scary! <laughs> we love hearing from our listeners, so please tell us what you think about this or any past episode on our website or Facebook page at facebook.com slash theylovecomics. You can find links to all of our social media presence under the Who Loves Comics tab on our website. And please, if you fancy what you've heard here today, please rate and review the show in iTunes. It helps us out in ways we don't understand. I don't... always say it. It literally says, please read this like a chimney sweep, Brett. Chimbly. Uh, <laughs> chimbly. <laughs> Uh, most importantly, you're our favorite spokespeople. Uh, so if you're at the shop and you're talking about comics, you think someone might be interested, uh, forward them our way. And as always, thanks to our producer, Ben Regeeb, who is going to love, love all the Star Trek talk on this episode. <laughs> he is going to... This might to... be the first... Uh, no, he listens to all the episodes, but he's going to really like pay attention to this one. Oh, <laughs> most certainly, most certainly. You are the ruby quartz visor on our eyes. Keep us in control. Uh, so thank you again to Rebecca and Megan. 
Please yeah. check them out on the internet in all of their various forms. Please uh, don't be mean to me. No, <laughs> don't be mean. Yeah, guys, be cool. Guys. Be cool. They're good people. Uh, and until next time, this is Matt. And this is Brett. And we love comics. I'm going to let that one land. Baby, 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 baby.